All right, let's open our Bibles, Colossians chapter 3, pick it up where we left off. We didn't get very far last week, uh, verse 16, so we're going to try to try to uh, do verse 16, finish it up this week, God willing. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, verse 15, talked about letting the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And then verse 16 talks about the word of Christ dwelling you richly, and they're really connected. It's not just a you know, piece of this feeling that we have, but really it's a piece that comes from God. But it's always connected to God's word in the sense that it never goes against what God's word says. It never contradicts what God's word says. But for us to know that, of course, we need to know what God's word says, and we need to be in the word. And that's what it says here in verse 16, let the word Of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. One of the things you you can do if you're trying to study a passage, reading something, and use the, the question, the diagnostic questions where you ask about a particular text, who, what, where, how, why, when, that kind of thing. And, and uh, in review, what we talked about last week, I'm going to just go through these and add something I didn't add last time on, on, this, on the section of why. But he says, let the peace of Christ, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So who is that for? First question is who? The answer is us, all of us. Let the peace of Christ dwell in in you, let the word of, I keep saying peace of Christ, let the word of Christ dwell in you, and that's for us, that's for you, I did it again, okay, we're talking about the word today, let the word dwell in you richly, so that's for you and for me, that's not just for the pastor, the pastor, we pay him to study the word, then he preaches the word, then we listen to the word, no, let the word of Christ dwell in you, Not just the teacher, not just the Sunday school teacher, not just the leaders of the church, but each one of us. I mentioned last time that men and women through the the centuries have, have given their lives for so that you and I would have the scriptures in our own language, so that you and I could have a, our own copy of the scriptures. It's happening even today. There have been more people killed for their faith in this century than all the centuries previously combined, believe it or not. But uh, I even saw it on Jeopardy the other day. They were, they were talking about who, who, you know, a guy named Tyndale who gave his life so that the New Testament could be translated into into the the language of the day. And through that effort and many other men and women, he was martyred, he was killed for his faith soon after. So that you and I, so who is it for? It's for you and for me, this, this book that we have. What is it? It's God's Word. This is God's Word. The Bible says over and over that this is God's Word. This isn't just some Bible and, and the people, you know, people will tell you, well, that's just words that men put together and it's just the, the, you know, teachings of man or whatever. No, this book, 
When you study it, when you look at the history of it, this book is God's word. This is the revelation that God gave to us, to the human race. And he says that God's word should, should dwell in us richly, abundantly. So that's who and what. The question, the third question I want to answer is how. We talked about this a lot last week. How do we get that into us? Number one is by simply reading it, personal reading, where each one of us has our own copy of the Bible. We open it up. We read it. A few minutes a day. Can you find a few minutes a day? Can you find a version that you can understand? Can you, can you spend just a few minutes a day? Reading God's Word. I, I, I work with the, the kids at the, at the West Bay Christian Academy, and, and uh, we went, we're looking at the Gospel of Matthew, and we did like 12 verses there, and I had them read, I had them silently read it right there. And so after they read that section, I said, How long did it take you to read those verses? Oh, like 30 seconds. They're all excited. So I said, So you can take a few minutes and read some verses in the Bible for yourself, can't you? Oh. Well, if you ask me to, I will. That's number one. That's like the foundation. It's not, we always depend on other people. And see, that's where guys like Tyndall and other people who said, listen, we need to get the Bible into the hands of the people. Because there were people who kind of like, quote unquote, were at the top and they were controlling everything, controlling the people by telling them what the Bible said and how the Bible said it and giving their interpretation. And these realize, these men and women realize, no, we need to have it for ourselves. We can't just depend on, you know, this hierarchy of, of religious leaders to teach us. We need to understand. We need to read it for ourselves. So that's number one. Maybe you can think about your life. Do you have a time for you just to read? Number two, the church, of course, the church is important where we gather together, we teach, we have Bible studies, we, we don't neglect the word, and, and we don't just talk about fables and, and stories, but we, we talk about God's word. Number three, radio, CDs, tapes, we have so many avenues to get some more of that word into our hearts and lives. You know, more than, than uh, especially in our country, we have more than any other country probably on the earth of avenues and, and resources. Number four, uh, devotional books where you have like, you know, a devotional for every day. And they usually start, if they're good anyways, they start out with a scripture and then maybe a, a paragraph or something about it. But I, I have a few of those, and I'll, I'll read those, and, and, and many times I never get past the Scripture because it's just the Word really that really makes the difference. And sometimes what they say is really cool too, but really just that, that Scripture. Different books you read, music, we'll talk about that in a minute. I said that last time, we never got to it. And number seven, any way you can, any way you can to get that Word to dwell in you richly. So that's the how. The question, when? And I talk about this with the kids too because I'm trying to encourage them to, to build this devotional life for themselves. When do you do it? And, you know, this is not legalism. This whole thing, and we'll talk about that and why in a second. This is not legalism, but when do you do it is important. And for each one of us, we need to ask that question. When should I do that? 
Because if you never ask when, there's a good chance you're never going to. If you never ask some of these questions, there's a good chance you never will. So when do you do it? Some people, you're like morning people. Some of you, you know, you barely get out of bed. You barely get to work in the morning. It's like maybe that's not the best time for you. And you've tried it, you know, well, someone said, I got to get up at, you know, five, six, whatever, and do it. And you try it and you go like, this just is not working for me. Maybe for you, it's like at night before you go to sleep. Maybe some of you, it's during your lunch break and you go and you, you get your Bible and, you, you know, depends on what kind of a job you have where maybe there's no one else around. Whatever works for you. Maybe it's in the afternoon. Whatever works for you. But I think we can find the time as long as we realize we need to find the time and make the time. You know, I have a television set. We all, most everybody here has television sets, most of you. When you think of how many hours that thing is on, not minutes, hours that that thing is on. Can we find a few minutes a day? Just a few minutes a day to open up God's Word and hear what God might want to say to us? Say, why do you keep talking about this? You talked about this last week for a long time. Because this is like one of the number one, number one things of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Getting God's Word. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, he said. How about where? That's an important question, too. Where? I go to Starbucks. Maybe you could do that. I could never do that. I could never go to Starbucks and do that. Maybe you can because there's just too much going on around. For me, it's like I can't like have, I can't even have music playing. I, I got to like have quiet. But for you, it might be different. You, like, you might like to have your stereo like cranked up and you're just like, wow, yeah, 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 yeah. One thing I, do, I know is not a good idea because I personally have tried this is to do it and watch TV at the same time. It's just no good. It does not work. It's a joke. It's a, it's, it's a lie. It's what it is. You're not reading the Word. You're watching TV. Well, you look down. Uh, you know, it doesn't work. You've got to turn off the box. And the last question that I really didn't talk too much about too is why. Why, why should you do this? And again, it's not because we have to. It's not because we're under some legalistic bondage that if I, you know, am a real believer, then I will read, you know, four chapters every day and, you know, sp- you know spend two hours on my knees and with God's word and all this stuff. And, and you're under this kind of bondage thing. It's not, that is not the point. If that's what we think, that is, we're missing the point completely. It's not because we have to, it's because we want to and because we need to. We want to and we need to. We, we want to because I want to hear what God has to say. I want to hear God's voice in my life. I want God to fill my mind and my heart with what He thinks, what He wants. I need that. I need that. Let me quote to you from some other verses that talk about it. Number one, spiritual food, Matthew 4, 4. What did Jesus say? Man does not live on bread alone, but what? 
on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is like spiritual food for us. Yeah, we, we, you know, we eat a lot of bread and we eat a lot of food and we have a lot of stuff, but do we ever feed our spirit? Do we ever feed spiritually? We can't live just on food alone, but we need the, God, the word that comes from the mouth of God. For salvation, to be saved, just for the beginning of it, he says faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? By the word of God. It, it begins right there. Because how would we know about Jesus? How do we know what he did? How would we know that we need to surrender our lives to him? How would we know that, that he gave his life for us? Paul said to Timothy that the, he, he knew the Holy Scriptures from when he was an infant. He says, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Another thing that Jesus said, he, he said, the words that I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. They're life. This is like life coming into us. And you say, well, I, you know, I didn't know all about that, about reading the Bible. I mean, you know, I just kind of look at the words and that. But, but we understand that Jesus said, listen, this is important. This is life for the believer, for the Christian. This is life. That's why we read it. That's why we study it. Their spirit and their life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he said, These things happened to them, those people, as examples, and they were written down. What we have written down here, he says, as warnings for us. Warnings. We're warned like what we should and should not do. He said also in Romans 15 that through the endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. How many times have you been discouraged? Let's stop there for a second. How many of you guys have ever been discouraged? How many of you have never been discouraged in your whole entire life? You're discouraging me right now. <laughs> through the endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. I don't know how many times in my 30 some odd years of following Jesus that I've been so discouraged and then something from the pages of this book turned my life and my thinking, my heart around. But if I just go on and, and keep the book closed on the, on the coffee table there, you got a big, nice, big one on the coffee table, and it's like the coffee table books. You know, they make a lot of money selling coffee table books. But you know what? You get them for presents, and do you ever look at them? I got like a few different coffee table books, and I don't even look at them. I don't even put them on the coffee table, first of all. So don't buy me one if you ever think about it, if you ever think about it. But this book has got to be open. That's why they used to have a study Bible. I don't know if they still do. It's called the Open Bible. And, and it's got to be open. It's got to be like, oh. Now, does that mean you're going to understand every word and every phrase and every concept? No, but as you continue to, to just open your mind to what God wants to say through his word, you'll understand. But, but we talked about this last week. Understand what God needs and wants you to understand right now. So open the book. How about uh, guidance? How many of you ever need to know what you're supposed to do next? Maybe today you're going, I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to do when I leave this place. I need to know like, what I should do. It's, it's like I, I, I'm in this situation. I have no idea what I should do next. God's word says, your word is a lamp to my feet. And what? A light unto my path. Your word. 
as a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. He, he can kind of open up the path for you as you're in the book. How does he do that? He does it a lot of different ways. He speaks directly through these scriptures. I believe he can speak directly to you and I. But he also, there are principles in there that, that you know, that are very clear. So much of God's word just tells us, like, this is what right is and this is what wrong is. The world has some other way, kind of other concept of what right and wrong is. But God's word is. So if we're wondering about doing something and we see in God's word, well, that isn't even a right thing to do. Well, that's pretty clear. That's direction, guidance. That's one way, but, but as I said already, that God can speak, you, speak to you and to me through His Word. It, it says that the, the Word of God is living, it's alive and active, and it's able to lead us, and God is able to speak to us by His Word. Jesus said to others, He said, You are in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God. It, it will keep us from error as we know what God's Word says. What about the Bereans in Acts chapter 17? It says the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. Why? For they received the message with great eagerness and they examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. That's crazy. This is Paul the Apostle. Like, can't you trust Paul the Apostle? Like, everything he says is like radical and and God is, by His Holy Spirit, speaking through this guy. But, but this is what it says. They were of more noble character. They had the noble character because they received the message, but they also went and checked it out. If you and I don't read the Scripture, if we don't examine it, and He says every day here, how are you going to know if what I'm telling you is some kind of nonsense? How are you going to know if, uh, you know, the, the guy you hear on the radio or, some, or, or, or on the internet or on the television is speaking some kind of heresy? How are you going to know? Because as, as Paul said in Timothy, you know, it's like there's a lot of preaching going on, but a lot of it is not from the Word. It's just like fables that they make up to draw men after themselves and saying what people want to hear so to tickle their itching ears. You might hear it and go, man, that's just what I want to hear. But does that mean it's true? No, it might tickle your ear a little bit. Go ahead and each of you grab your ear a little bit. Just go like that. Just to remind you that we all have ears and we all kind of like them to be tickled a little bit. If I just got up here and told a bunch of jokes and stories and you all went out of here all happy and laughing and everything, but didn't have any Bible for it, good luck. As soon as you leave the door, you're going to fall flat on your face. You got nothing. You got nothing. I gave you nothing. You got nothing. But if you have God's word, maybe, maybe, maybe one little phrase, maybe one little sentence, one verse that you hear when you come into this place and you hold on to that. You can't hold on to it all. You know that? I, I realize that. You're not going to remember everything I said. I don't even remember everything I say. It's not possible. But, but is there one thing that you can grab onto and that you can grab a hold of and say, wow, let me think about that. That, that kind of hits me home. That hits home for me. They received the message with great eagerness and they examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. That's the why. 
That's a lot of whys, huh? That's a lot of whys. Mucho why. I'm practicing my Spanish. We're going to a Spanish-speaking culture. Mucho why. If you don't, if you don't ever get into it, you're not going to get anything out of it. I have a confession. Y'all went. <laughs> you know, before that, you're just going. Ah, he's going on and on about this. Uh, I have a confession. <laughs> I ordered this. I ordered this tape series to help you learn Spanish, right? Learn a language in 10 days. How many of you have seen that ad? Learn a language in 10 days, right? I ordered it. I haven't got it out of the box yet. I don't got 10 days. I'm going to have to speed it up like three per day or something. But, but that would require me to take it out of the box first, right? And put it in the machine. You know, we're not going to get nothing out of this sitting on the desk, on the shelf. It would require me to open it up, see what God has to say personally for each one of us. And then each of us as a group, I believe he leads us and guides us as a group as well, personally and as a group as well. But they kind of go together because... You know, the strength comes when we're, we're each one of us followers of Jesus and opening his word and being fed and strengthened. And then when we come together, we can like do what it says here in the next half of, of uh, verse 16. Have a look at it again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. So as we teach and admonish one another, we're kind of sharing with each other what we've learned, what God is speaking, what His Word says. We're teaching. We're admonishing. This word admonish means to put in mind, to caution, to reprove gently, to warn. And sometimes we need to do that, but it needs to be biblical and it needs to be with all wisdom. It needs to be done in the right way and at the right time. You just don't go slamming people with Bible verses. How many of you have ever, you know, experienced that where someone said, you know, they just slammed you with a Bible verse and you just like picked yourself off the floor like, wow, what a, what a, what a bunch of love that was. Yeah, we, we need to speak the truth, but speak the truth in love and, and share God's word with one another. But it's got to be it's got to be with wisdom. It's got to be with care and concern. And that's what he says here. We, we teach and admonish one another. Paul said, and listen to this, speaking to the leaders at Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, he said, be on your guard, he says to the leaders. He says, remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day. I never stopped warning each of you night and day. It was warning, warning, warning. But that isn't the end of the verse. The verse says, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. With tears, meaning... He, he was warning them, but he, it was out of love. It was out of compassion, care. He was like, he, it, was, it was, he, he was emotional. I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears, with all wisdom, in the right way at the right time. 
keeping an eye out for each other. You know, you and I, we need to keep an eye out for each other. We really do. That's a word called accountability, and we don't always like that word accountability, but, but you know what? We need it. Each one of us needs to be accountable to each other in this group, in this, in this family, as we are in our own families. When there's no accountability within a family structure, it's like, whoa, what is going on? Everybody's doing their own thing. It's total chaos. I want you to turn with me uh, to Hebrews chapter 10. That majestic book of Hebrews, I'm, I'm reading it now in, in my own devotions. And I just happen to be in chapter 10 today, although I picked these, this verse a few weeks ago. But Hebrews chapter 10, in <clears throat> verse 24... Talk about, a ver- talk about a book that you need to read like a hundred times before you can really kind of understand what's really going on. Hebrews is a book like that. Does that mean we just stop reading it? No, we, we need to open it up because it's an incredible book. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We need to consider, think about it, how, how we might spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And, and you know what a spur is. If you, if you ever rode a horse before, actually, you've got to be a real cowboy to have spurs. But spur, you know, kind of like a little bit of a kick. But not just spurring, he says also to encourage one another, but, but he says you've got to get together to, to be able to do that. You've got to be part of something. You've got to have that accountability. You, ha- you have to have that uh, connection. I don't know, uh, you know, I have seen through... Uh, through the years, so many Lone Ranger Christians, you know, and, and Lone Ranger, he had spurs too, but um, <clears throat> so many Lone Ranger Christians, we're just out there doing our own thing, all on our own. It's not healthy. It's not, it's not right. It's not good. It's not biblical. How about Hebrews chapter 3? Go back a few chapters. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 Actually, let's start in verse 12 because it kind of flows out of that. He says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another, how often? Daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Watch out because uh, there's this thing that will harden you if you're not careful. And as we're like encouraging and as we're admonishing and challenging each other, like, watch out, brother. Watch out, sister. You're, you're kind of like falling into this thing. and you, I see this hardness about you and, and what is going on with you. But unless you know someone, you know, I don't just walk up to somebody I just met for the first time and say, you know, you look kind of hard. What is wrong with you? 
you got a hard expression on your face. No, but as we get to know one another and, and we can tell like, hey, you, you're looking a little bit down today. You're looking a little bit discouraged. And I want to know that I'm glad you're here today and I'm glad that, that you know, you are... Or you made an effort to get out of your bed, to get out of your house, to get out of your car and like be there. So I can look at your something mug and be happy that I saw you. You know what? I'm happy to see your face whenever I see your face. I don't care how ugly you are. I am happy to see you every single time I see you. I am so serious. None of you are ugly, though. I was just kidding about that. Some of you are going to go home now. He's, he really discouraged me. He said I was ugly. <laughs> no. I don't think there's an ugly one in the bunch. But the cute ones are in the nursery. <laughs> That's where the cute ones are. I don't know. The, no, no babies today. Where are all the babies? <laughs> they grew up. Where am I? Encourage one another daily. Daily. Do you have someone that you could call like every day? Someone that you have a relationship with in the church? In the family? That you could say, you know what? Pray for me. I can't even tell you what it is. I'm just discouraged. Just pray for me. Or do you have someone that can say, you know what? Can I pray for you? I'll be praying for you. I, I, you know, it, there's something about that. Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. In other words, don't wait. Well, you know, I, I've really been thinking about this person, and uh, I, I know something's going on with them, maybe, perhaps. But, you know, I'll call him next week. He says, as long as it's called today, that means you should do it today, right? Isn't that what the word today means? Today, because it just might be that your words, your encouragement, your admonishment, your uh, going over the scripture might keep them from falling into that hardness of sin's deceitfulness. Let's go back to Colossians 3.16. This is where we left off last time. And I, I've got some, a few minutes, so I'm going to be able to finish this verse. He says there, not only teach and admonish, one another with all wisdom, but also and as what? As you sing. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart, in your hearts to God. This whole singing thing. What is that all about? We 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 place a lot of emphasis on music and we love music and we and we sing a lot of different kinds of songs, but this is why. This is one of the verses that gives us this foundation of why we do what we do. It's as you sing. There's something about the Word of God in song. What a, what a great way to learn the Bible, but through songs. Longfellow said that music is the universal language of mankind. Music, something powerful about music, you know. Some of the some of the songs we sing that are, that have a lot of Bible in them. Let every we sang it today. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Right out of the Bible, the Lord is my light. You know that one, right out of the Bible. 
Today is the day. He who began a good work in you, right out of the Bible, by his wounds. And, you know, we, the list goes on and on and on because, because we're, if the songs really don't have any kind of Bible in them, really, there's no point in having them, really. Not for our worship when we come together and we want to sing. You know, Jesus loves me, this I know is the best kind of a song we can sing because, because the Bible tells me so. We want to, we want to have biblically, biblically based songs. But he says here, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and I'm not going to try to categorize each one and break them all up because basically the point of it is, I believe, is that there's a huge variety of music. It's not just one kind of music. Great variety of music. So what kind of music do you like? Oh, I like rap. Oh, I like uh, ballads. I like hard rock. I like uh, classical. I, you know, how many different kinds of music are there? It's like all different kinds of music. And you know what? You can find music today. You couldn't, this wasn't true like 30 or 40 years ago where you, you know, the only music that you had to sing were the old hymns, right? As far as Christian music. And now you can find Christian music 24-7 on the radio, 20 Four seven, you can you can find CDs at the bookstore not twenty four seven, but you can take them home and play them twenty four seven of music of all different kinds. Incredible what we have today, absolutely incredible. He says, as you sing. Do you sing? Maybe maybe you're afraid to sing when you come here, but but you know what? Hey, get a CD in your car and play it in your car. Turn on K Love. God forbid that we, we don't you know God forbid that we don't only listen to WARV because you know we have a program on there so we should be listening to that but and I listen to both to be honest with you but we have a, a, a station called K Love that has Christian music on it 24/7 all different styles and types mostly online at the bookstore on radio the Bible talks about having a new song, a new song, sing a new song. He says the same kind of thing in Ephesians. He says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, giving, always giving thanks to the God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So not only are we singing to Him, but we're also speaking to one another when we sing with these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs songs. I love music. I think, you know, I would just dry up if I didn't have any kind of music in my life. But how many of the verses that, that come, have come from the Bible that are in song that I can remember? I have trouble if I can't remember a particular verse, but if, it's, if I know it in a song, I have it forever, forever and ever. It's like, what is, what is up with that? doesn't matter. It works. It, it happens as you sing. I know I go for periods of time and I don't have any music. I don't have any new songs. Just start to get dry and then I'll, 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 I'll get a new CD or, or whatever and then I'll get it in my car and it's just like I'm get, I get energized again. And I play it over and over until I like go insane. I've played it so many times. 
Especially if like one particular song is like really, really, uh, for me, powerful, and I really, really like the way it is. I'll play. I'll just play that song over and over again, and like as you sing, as you sing, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, in me, richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Let's pray. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This word... This word, the scripture that you've given to us, God, uh, as we get to know it now, we'll find in heaven, in eternity, is the word. will never pass away. Father, uh, I know this is a challenge. It's a challenge for every one of us. We have so many voices, so, many, um, so much media, so much entertainment, so many things going on. That for us to stop and listen for the voice of God, it it's like, takes a huge effort. But, oh, God, we need you. We need to hear from you. We need you in our lives. We need you guiding us, feeding us, warning us, strengthening us, encouraging us in your word, through your word, through the Holy Spirit speaking through your word. Father, help us, get us on track, keep us on track, God. That we would be true disciples, followers, and we'll know the truth. As we stay in the word and the truth would set us free. Father God, I pray this morning for each person here. You know each one of us. You know the kinds of things we need, the problems we're facing, the questions we're talking to you about today. I pray that you would speak through your word to answer those questions, those needs, those desires, those problems, those struggles, those addictions. By your word, you'd set us free, God. That we wouldn't be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I want to pray here too this morning, Lord, for any here that are here today that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord, as Savior, that today, that's you this morning as we're praying, that you have come to this place and you go, wow, I have no idea what's even going on, what they're talking about. If, if you need to know Jesus Christ first, you need to understand that he gave his life for you. What love is this, that he gave his life for you, that you might have life. He defeated death when he rose from the dead. He paid the price for your sins on the cross. And all that you and I need to do is simply believe him and receive him. It's just that simple. In the honesty of your own heart, simply believe him Believe in him, what he did for you, and receive him. 
your new life will begin today, right here and right now. Simply pray with me and say, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, that you were buried, that you rose from the dead. And I receive you into my heart, into my life. I'm lost and I need a Savior today. Father God, we ask you to, to watch over each one of us. Bless our fellowship. Bless our family here. Guide us as a family that we would do what you want us to do, Lord. Corporately, but also individually, we would follow you. We would help each other to follow you each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing.